Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com is here to bring fresh fruits and vegetables right to your door. No need to ever leave the home or deal with the stress that is having to go to the store. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com makes it easy to order fresh fruits and vegetables online with the click of a mouse. I'm Rob Kendall. I love FreedomFoodsIndiana.com, and I know you will, too. It's a great way to keep your family eating right without the hassle of having to shop. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com. Rob Kendall, Abdullah Gibb Shabazz, Jim Merritt. The program is Statehouse Happenings, your weekly look at what's going on with Indiana politics and government. Before we get to our show today, let's introduce the award-winning panelists for this program of record. You know him from IndiePolitics.org. He's the man with all the juicy rumor gossip and innuendo, the one and only Abdul Hakeem Shabazz. Hello. It's been a lot of that lately. Yes, there sure has. <laughs> you uh, Business has been a-booming, as they like to say. And you know him from 30 years in the Indiana Senate. He's also the nicest man in all of Indiana politics and government, the great Jim Merritt. Hello. Good day, Robert. All right, so let's start with Todd Rokita, the Attorney General for the state of Indiana. And, Abdul, I know this is going to pain you to have to talk about, but he has uh, been hit with charges by the Indiana Disciplinary Commission related to comments and actions he took involving uh, the investigation of Caitlin Bernard. She is the abortion doctor who performed the abortion on the 10-year-old girl from Ohio, Okay, let's start with this. What is the disciplinary commission, and how big a deal is this that Rokita has to answer these charges? Uh, it's a big deal. Uh, the disciplinary commission is an arm of the Supreme Court which oversees attorneys because attorneys are part of the, are part of the judicial branch. And this may sound weird, but as lawyers, we have a code of professional conduct. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Okay, everybody, get out of your system. Ha ha ha! You're so freaking funny. Yeah, we have, I have a code of professional conduct that we have to obey. You, you can't make extrajudicial statements. That would be considered prejudicial to the administration of justice, uh, in, a, in a nutshell. In other words, shut up. In other words, you can't say that person's pawn scum, he's evil, he's wrong, particularly if you're in the, in the middle of prosecuting that individual. So what Todd Rokita did, he went on the Jesse Waters show and just spat off as usual Rokita does. And that raised an ire of a lot of folks, and he got in trouble for it. Yeah, so the issue here is not, hey, did we investigate this woman? The The issue is not, hey, did we ultimately go in front of the medical licensing board? The issue is before you had done that, you went on a cable news program, and not not that there's a jury per se here, but you potentially taint the jury pool, right, by making these statements. By basically saying she's an abortionist playing doctor. Yeah, that was like whoa! You're gonna get in trouble for that one. Is this his first, is this his second time to do that? Be before this body? Uh, I think I think it's just his first time. It's first yeah, time. Our, our, our previous attorney general was there too, and we'll get to that in a second. So there's Mer- something about being attorney general these days. Well, okay, and at the time when he did this on our on our Kendall and Casey show, I said, look, I am no attorney, but that seems like the wrong thing to do from the guy who's supposed to be the chief law enforcement officer for the state of Indiana, because now you've taken something that really shouldn't be political, which is did this woman violate you know various rules and regulations, and now you're making it political, which... which should, Rokita does this a lot as attorney general, and attorney general should be about politics. And what's interesting was, uh, when I told my wife, hey, Todd Rokita's in trouble with the disciplinary commission, she immediately thought, is this when he went on that Fox TV show? Yeah, and, it, right. and said that, and, and you know my wife, she's the most apolitical person yes. In the entire universe. But when the lovely Mrs. Shabazz says, did he get in trouble for that? Like, well, he is now. All right, Merritt, you know Rokita, right? Yes, I do. <laughs> I know Todd. I know the Attorney why, General. Why, why is Rokita the way that he is? 
You know, he 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 is so. Uh, can I use the term rambunctious? You can use whatever term you want. <laughs> I, I use another word. Talk, but... Yeah, I'll I'll, well, uh, I, I, I'll bleep it if uh, if we need. You, you know, I I I don't understand the 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 behavior. Uh, he uh, he is someone who is very likable on the Lincoln Day dinner circuit. By who? Uh, but by the roots of the Republican oh. Party, and uh, I, I I don't understand the idea that he has to it's like a dog with a bone with this case and uh and, and i understand how he feels about it but but to um go outside the bounds uh and being out of bounds about comments on national tv is kind of beyond the pale and and it, it demonstrates in some regards that the system works that people there is a watchdog and and, and when he ran for the u.s senate i think he fashioned himself as uh kind of a donald trump the second yeah not okay. junior yeah let's let's get into that because rokita and i've said this there are certain places rokita should be attorney general is not one of them because you do need somebody if we're going to be critical on the right of someone like letitia james in new york uh things she's doing to, to trump with the civil suit etc as attorney general and say, hey, we got to keep politics out of the office. And you got to keep politics out of the office both ways. And if he wanted to go after this woman, and it seems like there was some merit, and ultimately, based on the findings of the medical licensing board, that that may have been correct, then do that. But when you go out and you're on cable TV before you've done anything, it makes it seem like it's about you and boosting your political profile and politicizing something that is very serious and should not be political. And then to attack the disciplinary commission, basically saying they're wokeism, they're trying to cancel me. I was like, are you insane? So that's okay. So, so Rokita, so Abdul, explain to everyone what this disciplinary commission is. It doesn't mean if, if Rokita is found is is it convicted are these uh, no uh, five, to find to be in violation of the rules okay, of professional conduct if he is found but i'm trying to think would he be found guilty would he be found uh, what are the rule what how do they work basically basically he'd be found culpable culpable of violating the rules whatever you just said yeah. he's not going to jail no no he's not going to jail however what he can do is he can number one he can uh, get a reprimand. Yeah. Number two, uh, he can be suspended for 30 days or uh -huh. he can lose his license altogether. Sort of a range of options that the disciplinary commission has. And the Supreme Court ultimately, Indiana Supreme Court ultimately makes the decision, right? Yeah. Now, I, I do know this. When you, it, it's, it's much more, how can I put this? It doesn't help when you attack the people who are filing charges against you. So the disciplinary Donald Trump, Rula Giuliani, Todd Rakita. So the disciplinary commission is like the prosecutor in this case. Right. And then the Supreme Court looks at this, and the five members of the Indiana Supreme Court, they have to decide, uh, yes, and here's the punishment. What is the punishment for something like that? Like I said, it just depends on what the disciplinary, what the disciplinary commission recommends, and the Supreme Court will make a decision. Mm-hmm. My thing is that uh, he'll probably lose his license for about thirty days. That it's just a. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think we, we've been there before with this. Yeah, I don't think necessarily gets to suspension. Mm -hmm. uh, however, that is a possibility. And when you attack the body to say they're trying to cancel me and this is wokeism and and trans standing, like what does that have to do with anything that you're doing right now? Because mm -hmm. all you're doing, part of my friends, just pissing people off. Well, mm -hmm. yeah, and, and, and look, it's sort of the smell test, right? And and again, when this happened. The initial reaction for me on these airwaves, and I, again, am not an attorney, 
that doesn't seem right. And look, I agree with Rokita that he should have gone after this this doctor, and I think the medical licensing board, to an extent, agreed with that based on the kind of it was kind of a split ruling. But they did, I think, find that there were some things that shouldn't have happened that did happen. But it, like, if I'm looking at this going, that seems wrong, and your wife has the same opinion that I did, then I think you're starting to get a consensus amongst you know. Uh, society, society that maybe you didn't behave in the most correct of manners. Well, well, the the issue here also, though, is that he defends state law. So he defends legislators. And there are probably over 100 people in that building uh, in the General Assembly that um, – have his back because he is he is uh, when 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 the tough issues come along regarding legislation that has been signed that is uh, being attacked he'll defend it and uh, and so he's got a lot of friends. Yeah, I, I, I especially disagree with my good friend Jim Mary. He he defends it because he has a uh, he has no he has no other choice. That's his job as attorney general. What I would argue, and as I've spoken to folks sort of privately uh, since all this came out, uh, Noah. No one will. No one will be sorry to see him leave. Let's put it that way. Okay. So, which which means theoretically, in in, in a weird way, if Todd Rakita's license is suspended or if he or if he's disbarred, that means that he cannot run, he can no longer run for attorney general, and that means that Eric Holcomb gets to pick the next attorney general. Yeah, but but like you said, I mean, now, well, no, well, not really. There's there's no way they're going well, actually... to. He's got to. He has to appoint someone. Well, well, if he's disbarred, does that mean he's he's terminated from his employment? Oh, that's an interesting question because I don't think you can practice. You can't practice law unless you have a license, and lawyers cannot take direction from non-lawyers. That's in the code as well. Mm -hmm. So, how do you direct the deputy attorney general and the other staff to do something when technically they're not supposed to listen to you because that's what the rules say? Because don't you impeached? Don't you don't you have to have a law license to be attorney general? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So again, there's so many twists and turns with this. It is uh, state house happenings. Rob Kendall, Billy Kimchiwaz, Jim Merritt talking about the disciplinary commission. filing charges against Todd Rokita related to comments that he made on Fox News about an abortion doctor. Okay, so he responds to this, and here is what stood out to me, and again, it stood out to many people. He mentions his reelection in his official response as the Attorney General, which to me also seems like <laughs> something catch that, that. that could get him in hot water. Um, I did some checking with the Public uh, Access Counselor, no, the, the Inspector General, and the Inspector General uh, wrote me back basically saying, Abdul, unfortunately, that does not rise to the level of because uh, of, uh, of, a, of a state violation. So, and I got to talk to, uh, the, to the to the inspector general just to get, to get some more details as to why that why that doesn't why that doesn't count. However, once again, it doesn't help. Yeah, I mean, it's you're you're. Why would you mention that you're running for re-election in an official government response to someone saying? You act in a government body saying you acted inappropriately. Exactly. It's so, a, it's not like it's it's not like it's Destiny Wells who it sounds like could be his opponent saying you did it and then you fire back at her. This is like an official government entity saying in the terms of governing your profession we believe you've acted inappropriately. What does that have to do with you running for re-election? Exactly because he put it in his newsletter ahead. He put it on his YouTube channel. I uh, did it in a, in a public statement. What's the time frame here? As far as as far as the complaint that the commission has made as long as they take as long as they need to do they have hearings they they have they have have hearings but it takes as long as it takes to get it done because we've been we've been here before with the former attorney general curtis hill now curtis appearing in front of the disciplinary commission was not related to his performance as a lawyer it was related to to, his performance at a bar well yes the allegations about him in a in a in a bar and even though curtis hill was not 
convicted of any criminal wrongdoing, was found no ethics violations. The civil suits, I believe, were all thrown out against him. He was still lost his. He was still suspended for thirty days, right? He was suspended for thirty days, but he got, but his license was reinstated after those thirty days. Now he was able to remain attorney general, right? Which okay, so there is he just basically he just basically had to take thirty days off from work. There is yes, and our and I did he get paid? I don't know. I mean, we all paid for all <laughs> of it, but the, my point on all this is there is precedent for them to do this, right? Yeah. Yes, there is. There's something about being attorney general that. Ugh. Okay, so. Rokita, when he was running for the attorney general's office, or Rokita's people at least, made Curtis Hill's indiscretion or alleged indiscretion or whatever you want to call it, the fact that he got he got the suspension, they made that a thing, right? Like, this guy cannot be trusted. This, you know, this guy, you cannot trust him to run across the state with this baggage hanging over his over his head. Well, if by that standard then, don't Rokita got to go too? Well, it, it does bring... Like I said, be careful when you throw that stick because that stick might actually be a boomerang. Jim, yes. I'll I'll close I'll close <laughs> with you. Good. I'll close <laughs> with you on this, and then we'll get off of this. And it, it is what does Todd Rokita have no self? I mean, you know the guy. Does he have no self control? I mean, it, it, like if I'm watching television, going, "Ooh, that's take away my personal feelings on the guy." That seems really inappropriate for that position to be doing that. If I can see that. How can he not see that? Is there nobody around him to go, uh, sir, that seems like a terrible idea? Well, I, th- you know, it goes back to the Donald Trump syndrome. They, they, uh, these individuals do what they think. Uh, it just, it's a, it's an automatic reaction to some sort of situation. And, uh, and it sounds from what Abdul says is there's really no safety net now. I mean, the, the legislature can't save him uh, if if the if the charges are are uh, heard and, and agreed upon uh, he he's got a real problem and and so i think he kind of wakes up in the morning charging and and sometimes that charge it gets out it gets it's a little erratic and uh and and uh it, it's there are a lot of people in politics these days that will say anything and and uh be damned and 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 uh it sounds like the attorney general's got a couple problems. Uh, I, I would argue that I'll, I'll close with this. I think every morning Tyra Kitty wakes up and thinks, what dumbass thing can I say today that'll get me in trouble? <laughs> or media attention. Yeah. <laughs> or both. Rob Kendall and Julie Shabazz, <laughs> the program is Statehouse Happening's your weekly look at what's going on with Indiana politics and government. Let's that, move. That got my blood pressure. We've, well, let's <laughs> let's move from one guy in front of a court to another guy wanting to go in front of a court. John Rust, he has filed a lawsuit <clears throat> over Indiana's ballot access law. Now, John Rust is an, an egg farmer, a a claims to be a Republican, trying to run for U.S. Senate. It would be against Jim Banks. And it appears the Republican Party is doing everything in their power to keep him from running for public office against Jim Banks. And now Rust is filing a lawsuit. Uh, Abdul, can you kind of give us the Cliff Notes version of what's going on here? Because you and I have talked about this. We both agree the ballot access laws in this state stink. But does he have a case? I think he may actually have one. Okay. Uh, Because, uh, first of all, and I'm getting ready to write a column for this this weekend, Basically saying, well, like Jim Banks, Russ may actually be right on the on the on the on the uh, requirements to get uh, to get ballot access. Uh, particularly, you had to to uh, not so much get the signature requirement because that makes sense, but so you had to vote in uh, two two Democrat or Republican primaries in order to be a candidate uh, in that political party. I'm I'm a firm believer in this. Political parties should should 
chose to do their own primaries yeah. because it's, it's taxpayer-funded. Now, it's one thing if it was an open primary that Democrats and Republicans can vote in an open primary, don't have to declare a party, then the top two vote-getters, they go face off in the general election. That makes sense. But when it's a closed primary, only Republicans can vote in this primary and only Democrats can vote in this primary, then why should the taxpayers have to foot the bill? Bingo. You can have whatever corrupt, awful rules you want to rig the system in your favor as long as you don't ask me to pay for it. Exactly. That's why I argue that Russ may actually have a point uh, on this one. i got to do a little bit more research so I can put my column together this weekend. But I, but I think he may have a point. Okay, so the law is that a candidate's past two primary elections must be cast with the party the candidate is affiliated with or a county party chair must sign off on the candidate to run. Okay, so this is where – and look, you're the attorney here, and Merritt, you can weigh in. By the way, Merritt, <laughs> why do your – you're friends with these people still. Why do they think this is okay? Well, well first of all, <clears throat> there's way too much money in politics. Uh, Mr. Rust – absolutely has a, a a boatload of money and and he's got a he's got what is now an incumbent uh, or in in people's minds jim banks is the incumbent uh, u.s senator because uh senator braun is leaving and and the republican party has endorsed banks and and i'm not sure why anybody's like rust is climbing this hill spending money on a lawsuit doesn't matter though does it it's his, he can do that if he wants well, he's course, entitled course, to run for public office well of course and uh and and but he, but if the if he is successful it will change the appearance of this state law so they changed the law a couple of years ago merritt were you still there when you guys did this am i going to blame you for this you, where- you will blame me anyway because i'm part of the apparatus <laughs> <laughs> I was county chairman of Marion County, and and yeah, so. But, um, but they changed the law to say you had to have voted in the previous one Republican primary, and then they said, "Well, there's too many undesirables running that have done that, so let's make it let's make it two. That's complete crap. Well, it's 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 the party that wants discipline, that wants some uh, idea of actually who is running for office in their primary, and that's the uh, the sole focus. That that if you're a Republican and through and through. We want you to run in our primary. If you have uh, colored outside the lines, uh, we don't want that. And, then, and, and, it's, and it's interesting because when I uh, did my mayoral run, I was challenged because I ran under the Republican ticket. Yeah. And I was challenged saying Abdul's not a real Republican. Well, well these days, who is? I mean, yeah. just be, be honest with you. However, the when I went before the election board hearing, I was like, I met all the criteria because I've always voted. I've always pulled a Republican primary ballot. Yeah. Now I voted. I split my ticket in the general election. But I've always pulled a Republican ballot. I've done that for like 30 years now. Sure. So. I mean, but this is the, again, it comes back to whatever goofy rules you guys want to have, Merritt. And if you want to put your <laughs> thumb on the scale to help people win, I don't care about that until you start using my money in order to do it. So it's like you're saying, we're going to take the public's money and then we're going to rig the system so that we get to decide who can run for office despite the fact that we're using public money to do our little. Uh, closed doors uh secret society bullcrap yeah it's all about party discipline you we uh, in the republican party want republicans to run for the republican nomination and that just gives us clarity on if that individual uh toes the line yeah and it's like i mean i've got to go vote every two years for usually someone i don't like or care about just so i keep my in good standing thing because i know that the i mean it's like you're sitting there going 
I don't even like any of these people I have to vote for in these municipal elections, most of them. But I well, I, well actually, technically, you don't. You just pull the ballot and then leave your ballot blank. Well, that's true. I could absolutely do That's a good point. Could. Maybe I'll do that next time. You could. You yeah, be innovative. Because they, they won't ask who you voted for, but they will ask see if you pulled a, a yeah, ballot. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I knew you're always one to find a way around the, <laughs> around the rules. I've done it all my life. <laughs> uh, it is kind of weird. Uh, here's the other thing that gets me that I think they're going to have a hang-up on, which is... This the fact that a county chair can just go. Oh yeah, you're fine. Go right on ahead. No big deal. That the, that he's got to have some leg to stand up to say some individual person can just say you're cool and be done with it. That well, does, that well Robert, how Robert works. you remember uh, Trey Hollingsworth, uh, and his his residency was challenged, and he actually got the county chairman of which, in the place of which he lived, to sign off, and that was a big controversy. Another thing, too, to keep in mind is uh, if you're running for Congress, uh, if you're, say, don't live in the district, uh, like there's, a, there's actually a couple of folks right now who have in this situation, you have to get a uh, county chairman's signature. You have to get a county chairman's signature in your home district or a county chairman in that congressional district or state house or house house district as well. So there, there, are, a lot more, there are a lot more implications to what John Russ is doing than just simply trying to get ballot access. Yeah, because uh, we, you and I maintained for years that while there may may there is some merit to maybe, no pun intended, to a signature requirement of some sort, this 500 in all nine counties is just... Districts. Or di- yeah, di- sorry. Yeah, counties, but... Dist- but, they, but uh, 92 but that, counties. Nine, and, but but the thing is, it's 4,500 4, signatures you got to get. Yeah, it's 500 in every congressional district. You got to spend about a quarter... Of, I know, Abdul, I helped do it. <laughs> 45,000. Yeah, you got to yeah. spend a quarter of a million bucks basically just to be able to to uh to to pull it off so there's a chance chance this guy rust and his lawsuit could totally blow up the entire electoral process in the state though i got a feeling they're not gonna let that happen well uh, it'll be interesting what happens also the other thing too to keep in mind is and and i said this from from the party perspective you don't want your ballot to look like a cvs pharmacy receipt (laughs) <laughs> that's like eight million pages long because everybody's mother could just you know file and run because uh, i've seen elections in europe but like in, in italy it's like you know 10 feet long because you're voting for eight million different different people so there is something to be said about guardrails and crowd control the question is how big should the guardrails be yeah and i mean the idea that you could say well four years ago i didn't really care about this whole thing and now like they taught me in in uh high school i should be involved in civics and now i'd like to run for public office well i'm sorry four years ago you didn't pull a republican pro- that's bullcrap yeah the question is, is 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 how big should the guardrails be right right, right. but i'm saying you know, literally i mean if you wanted to run in 2024 you would have had to have voted in the 2020 and 2022 republican primaries and I mean, I get, well, maybe 2023 if you well, it's gotta be. A, I would say it's got to be at least two. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. I mean, but it's just, it's just, you should be able to run for public office when you want to run, and if these people want to take our money, then there should be a very wide acceptance by which you can get on to run for public office. Because let's face it, if you're running as a libertarian, you got no chance, and if you're running as an independent, there's a much higher hurdle to get on the ballot to even run. So if you're going to take my money, then open the doors up to people who can run. Deal? Deal. Deal. We all agree. <laughs> hey. That won't last long. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, what's going on here? Freedomfoodsindiana.com is here to bring fresh fruits and vegetables right to your door. No need to ever leave the home or deal with the stress that is having to go to the store. Freedomfoodsindiana.com makes it easy to order fresh fruits and vegetables online with the click of a mouse. I'm Rob Kendall. I love Freedomfoodsindiana.com and I know you will too. 
It's a great way to keep your family eating right without the hassle of having to shop. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com uh, Rob Kendall and Bill Gibbs, Javaz, Jim Merritt, the program State House Happenings, your weekly look at what's going on with Indiana politics and government. All right, uh, so last night, as we're putting this together, this would be Thursday, so last night, Wednesday, it came out the shocking news that Jack Sandlin, he is a, a Republican state senator, uh, he passed away of a heart attack. Now, he represented the south side of Indianapolis, correct? Yes. Uh, Perry Township uh, and, uh, and the northern section of Johnson County. All right, Merritt, you worked uh, with him, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Memories, thoughts? It, it, fine gentleman, uh, a good friend. A uh, wonderful family man, a wonderful husband, uh, a, a conservative. He served as the township trustee and in Perry Township and uh, was a law enforcement officer and uh, and, and uh, somebody that that uh, was rock solid and you could you can always depend on on Jack and uh, it makes me sad and uh, he's a friend and uh, I'm I'm just. Um, uh, it's not a, it's not a good day today because uh, you know the, the 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 it goes beyond politics and and uh, what we tried to do when I was caucus chairman in the Senate is it, it was a family and and uh, and everybody will grieve together and everybody will um, uh, celebrate his life and it was just it's a loss for Indianapolis the state of Indiana and and the Republican Party and uh, and and uh, it's um. It's a shame that that uh, he he had had this this health issue and passed away. Abdul, uh, yeah, uh, Jack and I we we I've known Jack since like 2006 uh, when he was Perry Township trustee, uh, and he lost to uh, Gary Coons. Uh, right, mm-hmm. I remember that because remember the first time I got, I got to know him, the uh, late Gary, Coons. The, the late Gary Coons. Uh, what I thought was most interesting was number one, he was a big supporter of law enforcement, and number two. He was also a big fan of helping senior citizens stay in their homes because when the property tax assessments were going through the roof, remember he and I said that we, he and I said that had a conversation about how the state can sort of sort of mitigate gentrification so that uh, folks can stay in their homes uh, and not be subjected to gentrification or high property taxes. Mm-hmm. And he, I want to say he and state representative Cherish Pryor also kind of worked on those, worked on those issues together. So uh, yes, he was a he was a solid Republican. But he still did what was good for the citizens of Indianapolis and Indiana. There have not been many, and Abdul, obviously, you have covered this for 20 years. Merritt, you were here when the earth was young, so yes. you know this. <laughs> when the earth cooled. Yes. The, the, uh, there have not been many people in recent history pass away in public office. I mean, there's been like, he was a former state senator or he was a former governor. But actually, in public office, that's a pretty rare thing. It really is. And, um, it, it, I hark back to the time when Governor Bannon passed away and uh, how we handled that. And it was a really uh, a t- a politics back then in that in that tragedy was a team sport. And, yeah, I, I uh, we've had we've had members pass away, but but uh, uh, they they are actually former members. So I can't tell you the last time that that a member of the Indiana Senate or the House of Representatives has passed away. I'm probably missing someone, but, uh, it, it, uh, there, there are a lot of people that are sad today in, uh, Indiana, Indiana and Indianapolis lost a great one. Do they do, uh, or do you anticipate them doing either one? You can chime in on this. Like when the governor passes away or when, o, uh, O'Bannon passed away, obviously there was a huge thing. There was a thing in the state house, et cetera. Like, do they do that for this? Or? It, it, it really all depends on, on Lydia and, and the family and how private they are, uh, or how public they want to be, and um, it's um, 
you know, when Julia Carson passed away, you know, there were thousands of people that came to the state house to grieve, uh, with the, with the funeral and, and, uh, uh, you know, Frank O'Bannon's passing. I don't know what, uh, the, I'm, I'm sure the Sandlin family is just in out and out shock right now. Uh, when I had the great, we got about a minute left here. When I worked, had the great misfortune of working in the state house for two years, uh, one of the famous state reps or U.S. reps passed away, Andy uh, Jacobs. Yes, thank you. Mm-hmm. And they had the big thing there for mm-hmm. him, and that was like uh, in the rotunda okay. there, and mm-hmm. then people were. It's for, like when Dick Luger passed away, uh, his body laid away to the Capitol yeah. for, for a few days. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I didn't know would they maybe do something like that. Oh, I want to be in the state house. Really? Oh, yeah. Can I? <laughs> I, I, I live there, and I help. I help keep it uh conserved and yeah that's uh that's something that that uh all right, John, I, I, I think honoring jack with that would be very very appropriate all right uh another award-winning show in the books abdullah keep shabazz jim merritt you're both national treasure scholars and gentlemen at the same time which is a rare combination thank you my friends thank, thank you, you. freedomfoodsindiana.com is here to bring fresh fruits and vegetables right to your door no need to ever leave the home or deal with the stress that is having to go to the store FreedomFoodsIndiana.com makes it easy to order fresh fruits and vegetables online with the click of a mouse. I'm Rob Kendall. I love FreedomFoodsIndiana.com, and I know you will, too. It's a great way to keep your family eating right without the hassle of having to shop. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com. Rob Kendall, Abdullah Gibshabaz, Jim Merritt. The program is Statehouse Happenings, your weekly look at what's going on with Indiana politics and government. Don't forget, we're all on social media. You can find Abdul on Twitter at ATTYAbdul, at ATTYAbdul. And be sure to bookmark his very fabulous website, IndiePolitics.org, IndiePolitics.org. Jim Merritt on Twitter at Jim underscore Merritt, at Jim underscore Merritt. And be sure to check out his very fabulous Merritt in the Morning podcast. You can find it on YouTube and Facebook. Me, I'm on Twitter. At Rob M. Kendall, at Rob M. Kendall, and you can hear me weekdays, 9 until noon. Weekdays, 9 until noon, the Kendall and Casey Show on 93.1 WIBC. For Jim Merritt, for Abdul Hakeem Shabazz, I'm Rob Kendall. You've been listening to Statehouse Happenings.